Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Go A U Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello, hello. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. Just happy to be included. Uh, you know who else is happy to get a participation award, Blake, is one of your favorite people in this world, uh, Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz, under any reasonable stretch of the imagination, and yes, we're starting with Iowa here, friends, uh, because I want to just shake my head, laugh, and just... Before we get too far away from it, are, do you intentionally mispronounce his last name? Ferentz? Ferentz? I don't care. I know, I just... They're assholes. I know, I just, I, you know, growing up in Iowa, it's like always been Ferentz. It always amuses me when you say Ferentz. Um, I just find it funny. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that you weren't like intentionally like doing like an oral typo. I was just... There is, there, there is no bit involved. It's how I pronounce their name. If it's wrong, well, fuck them because they're assholes. <laughs> Fair. I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, Kirk can just chew gum all the way to retirement, which doesn't seem to be anytime soon. And he's not going to fire his kid. And what they're saying to the media in Iowa is like, they might as well be walking around just double middle fingering everyone to their face. It's it's really crazy. I, I think the. I just keep getting astounded by these press conferences after games because, you know, Kirk, I, I've seen this many times. He's been there long enough. He has this air of invincibility. He basically owns the place. So it should surprise no one that he acts like he owns the place. Um, but today, I, I think it, I think it was today as in Wednesday, um, <laughs> the coordinators get uh, media time. And someone asked Brian Ferentz, uh, what's, the, what's the downside of – giving like Alex Padilla, the second string quarterback, who hasn't seen a single snap all season, um, just some snaps. And I kid you not, Brian's response was, what would be the upside? And if you're a back, if you're a backup quarterback and you're like, I can, let, me, let me rephrase. If you're a backup quarterback to Spencer Petras and you know, you've seen how, you, how badly the offense looks under him. Like how do you take, how do you not just hop into the transfer portal? Oh my God! There's a lot of upsides. I hate them, and they can keep making bad decisions all they'd like. But oh my well, God! I mean, that's that's what their top two receivers did. I mean, it, it, Charlie Jones and and it was it was Tracy is the other one who basically looked at this and were like, um, "We're gonna go spend the next two years at Purdue because it's gotta be better than Iowa City." I mean, greatest decision Charlie Jones ever made. I mean, he, they're talking, he'll be all Big Ten by the end of the year. And he I mean, he's already matched his production from three years at Iowa in just, what, six games at Purdue. So, I mean, greatest. I'm great, pretty sure he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had that match, like, at four games. It's incredible. It's just, yeah, night and day. I mean, that's, like, the biggest indictment of Iowa's offense is they had this guy on their roster for three years and never even come close to reaching the potential that he's had in one season at Purdue. I think the the thing that stood out to me as I've been reading the Iowa blogs is if they simply average 21 points a game, um, which if you're having a moderately successful offense over the course of the season, averaging 21 points a game is not horribly difficult. Um, If they had... Average 21 points a game, they would have won nine more games over the last six seasons, which would have turned some of those seasons from 
good to great or great to exceptional. It's just absolutely, it's, it's, I mean, oh my God. And oh my God. Right, the thing, the thing is they'd be at probably a top 10, if not like at least top 15 team, if they had a decent offense, because their defense is incredible. I mean, that, that, that defense has won them games. I mean, the only reason they probably won games this year is that defense. So, I mean, wow, just literally night and day between offense and defense, like top of the rankings in defense nationally and then dead last offensively. It's just, I don't know that I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I know this segment is supposed to be about laughter. And while I do find this all quite amusing, mostly I'm just flabbergasted because, I mean, I remember Glenn Mason, like, I don't remember exactly what he said to the student section or about the student section. It was dumb, but it it pales in comparison to what the what's going on in Iowa City. Uh, uh, we, that's enough of an aside to it, I guess. Uh, we obviously the Gophers have watched this story play out before. They need to be prepared and ready to go later this season when they face Iowa, but. Good God, it's just a rolling train wreck uh, at both of uh, our major rivals right now, which is, uh, well, I guess, technically Wisconsin bounced back, but I don't, uh, I'd like to see that uh, against somebody besides Northwestern before I uh, <laughs> declare Jim Leonard ready to go as the as the coach. Well, what's crazy is this could be the year that they finally beat both, Minnesota finally beats both Wisconsin and Iowa, and that may not be enough to get in the Big Ten championship, which is a wild thought. Speaking of which, the the primary, like, separate, we can be excited and think about wins over both Iowa and Wisconsin in the same season all we want. Right now, uh, we're not in P.J. Flex, you know, mantra of 1-0, and it's, we got to be champions of Illinois week. Illinois legitimately has to be considered a front runner for the Big Ten West title. Um, this is potentially... I mean, well, Penn State should be better than Illinois, but I mean, could be the toughest game left on the schedule potentially. Certainly, second toughest on paper behind Penn State. Uh, this is not the Illinois team I think uh, people are used to. It's certainly peskier, if nothing else. Give what what worries you the most about Illinois as as the Gophers head down to Champaign. I mean, me personally, I think it's the, the Illinois defense. Um, they rank in the top 10 in most major defensive categories. You know, they're third in rushing yards allowed, ninth in passing yards allowed, and then first in the nation in scoring defense. Um, I mean, they, they haven't even allowed a touchdown at Memorial Stadium um, in four home games this season. So um, it's just, I mean, the one knock you could make against them is that they haven't really played a good offense. They've, you know, they've played one um, FCS program and then five other FBS programs, Wyoming, Indiana, Virginia, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And Wisconsin statistically has the, is the best offense that they face at this point, you know, 65, 65th nationally in total offense, 53rd scoring. And, you know, just a week ago, their head coach was fired because of probably because of how poorly their offense has played this season. So, um, but again, you guys, Minnesota fans were no stranger to this criticism of, yeah, you know, they haven't played anybody. So I'd say at a minimum, this this defense is very good. I we just don't know how good yet. I think Minnesota will probably be the best offense they face up to this point. But it's really strength versus strength. Like Minnesota wants to run the ball. They'll have Mohamed Ibrahim back, which is really gonna help their case. Um 
but he's going to have some tough sledding against um, a, a defensive front. You know, it's it's really kind of like it's an, it's an old fashioned Wisconsin team. Like that's what it is. Really tough defense. Yeah. They play three. Yeah. They play three four. They smother you on the ground and on the opposite side of the ball, they run the ball and have kind of a game manager type of quarterback who can make some plays and keep the defense honest long enough to open up some holes for the running back. So, I mean, yeah, just defensively, this is a really tough unit. I mean, we saw what they did in Minnesota last year, held them to six points. And I mean, that was a Mike Sanford offense, but still, um, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a veteran secondary too. They have, you know, several senior starters in the secondary, um, really, really good slot corner and safeties. Um, it's just really formidable defense. Um, really good pass rush too. They're tied for 12th in the country in sacks per game. They got a really good defensive end in Keith Randolph. Um, they'll dial up a lot of blitzes, which is you know we've seen in years past from Wisconsin with their with their three or four. We're sending linebackers like crazy. So I mean, just offensively, it's it's going to be a really tough task for Minnesota. But um, I mean, especially considering how their offensive line struggled against Purdue two weeks ago. But um, but yeah, and I mean, Kirk Sharaka coming off a of bye week that I've learned um, don't underestimate him coming off a of bye week. But uh, yeah, he. I mean, of, of all the games they've had on their on their counter this season, honestly, this is probably the one that, I, knowing what I know now, I'm glad he has two weeks to prepare for them. And also, we're facing Illinois coming off of two very physical games against Wisconsin, and Iowa, and they're a little banged up. So, but yeah, for me, that's what worries me most is this Minnesota offense, which we we've, we've seen get kind of exposed, especially on the offensive line, going up against a very tough Illinois defensive front. Andy, if I was to venture a guess, I would say Chase Brown. It's got to be pretty high up your list of concerns when looking at Illinois. Yeah, I mean, Brown has definitely uh, played like the best running back in the Big Ten thus far. Um, he has the ability uh, to, you know, take one of those two or three yard runs, break two tackles and turn it into 30 or more really, really easily. So the Gophers are going to have to be really good in, in their run contained and they're going to have to be really good at tackling. We can't see uh, the same tackling effort we saw early in the in that initial drive against Purdue because uh, Illinois will go right down the field and, and march it right down on us and, and run it down our throats all day. Um, you know, so the Gophers are going to have to be much better in the run fits. They're going to have to be much better at, at at tackling players and not letting them escape. Um, and, and then, you know, especially if, uh, if Illinois starting quarterback doesn't play and we're left with Arthur Sitowski, um, you know, maybe you can take a few more chances if you're, if you're Joe Rossi and, and dialing up some blitzes and trying to get some pressure and make Sitkowski make some mistakes for you. Um, Cause he's definitely probably is a, a higher risk of doing that than, uh, than DeVito. Um, but yeah, offensively, Brown is definitely concern number one, and I mean he's got a hundred yards in every single game this year. So I think it's going to have to come down to the to the typical Joe Rossi, PJ Fleck, you know, bend but not break. Let him let him get his. He's going to have to get his. But when it's third and four and third and five, the Gophers are going to have to make plays to get off the field and not let Brown continue to just dink and dunk them all the way down. All right, just quick show of hands. Do you expect the offensive line to play? Uh, better than they did against Purdue? I would say yes. I, I think they are. I think with two weeks, they've had enough time to look at the film, figure out how they want to fix their vulnerabilities. I think the, I think one thing that I kind of struggle with as, as a fan base, um, as a Gopher fan base does, like after the first loss, we just think all is lost. And one thing I've learned with these PJ Flex teams is that they tend to get better 
as the season goes along. They I mean that that's not going to they're not going to be perfect from here on out, but I think they they are very good at in-season improvements in terms of um, identifying their vulnerabilities and adjusting their style of play. So I would be very surprised if they come out and just have another poor game like they did um, against Purdue. Um, but yeah, that's just me. Andy, what, uh, you know, you're going to join me. In, well, actually, um, all three of us are going to be at the game <laughs> this weekend. But Andy, what, what are you most excited to see the Gophers do in Illinois? I mean, I, I think we all realize it's it's going to be a defensive battle. I mean, if you, you can't come from watching the Illinois-Iowa battle last – well, battle is not the right word. Slugfest. Rock fight, fest, rock yeah. fight, rock fight. And, and expect that, you know, it's not going to be a lot of the same this Saturday. Um, you know, Minnesota's got a quality defense, maybe not quite to, to Iowa's levels. Uh, Illinois's got a really good defense. The Minnesota offense is obviously better than the Iowa offense. There's no doubt about that. And we'll have a full complement of, of players, as it sounds like Muhammad Ibrahim will be back and, and ready to go, which is uh, thankful for Minnesota. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they, they've got to try and establish the run. They've got to get Mo into a groove. We've got to... We've got to try, and I mean, he's not going to obviously break the 75-yard run, but if you can get to the point where he's picking up, you know, four here, seven there, a break a one for 12 there, and and then try and get Illinois on their heels, and that's letting Tanner can try and, and get the, the RPO and play action passing game going. Um, you know, Minnesota's got to try and put some points on the board early and then and let that that tight defense uh, do go to work. So um, I think the, the longer the game stays either tied or, or an Illinois lead, the, the bigger, the more trouble Minnesota is going to have come back. So I'd love to see him go out and, and go out on that first drive and get points on that first drive, no matter what, and try and play from ahead rather than playing from behind, uh, which they've had fairly good success of doing all year, except for, for Purdue. So um, I think that's going to be one big key. The second big key is going to be not turning the ball over and forcing turnovers, especially if Sitkowski plays, it's going to be imperative to get a pass rush and make him make stupid decisions and let that go for secondary work, take advantage, uh, get the ball, get some short fields and go down and get some points. Cause I think like I said, all three of us agree that points are probably going to be at a, a limited outcome on Saturday. And so uh, you've got to make the most of, of every single opportunity you get. No, no empty possessions, uh, no Matthew Trickett missed field goals. If, if you're kicking, you got to make it. Uh, got to take advantage of every chance we have to get points. You know, in news I didn't expect this week, we're now less than a decade away, just under a decade, shade, hair under a decade away, from Minnesota playing Alabama, a, a thing that I did not expect to say at any point in the regular season. Uh, my real question here is, Blake, have you already started scouting your Airbnbs? I, I haven't yet. I mean, I'll be am my four days of that when that happens. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I'll be, you know, still cool enough to use Airbnbs. I think maybe by that time I'll still be doing, um, I'll be doing hotels like a distinguished adult. So um, I want to be clear. I feel like that was an underhanded setup to the fact that I'll be in my fifties when that games happens. I mean, I. Time, you know, comes for us all. There's no escaping it. So um, it's going to, you know, the next 10 years are going to take its toll on all of us. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see where we're at um, when that Tuscaloosa date rolls around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love college football, man. I can recite non-conference schedules way out into the future, but even I'm going to have a hard time 
really fathoming how far. I mean, somebody on the, you know, when the blog was talking about that after the news came out, I don't remember which one of us said it, but somebody pointed out that, you know, essentially this is the Brewster, end of the Brewster, beginning of the kill era. It's like saying that long ago a game was scheduled. It's a really long time. <laughs> really it's, long yeah. time. Non-conference scheduling is is just insane in college football. And you realize who Minnesota's replacing on their calendar, right? Oklahoma, who went down to the SEC. <laughs> so, yeah, they really went, went from Oklahoma to Minnesota, which we should know. I think we should take as a compliment. Hey, I mean, they weren't afraid to schedule them. I don't think anyone's going to say, God, I hope to get to the point where 10 years from now, when this game's coming up, like we actually have a legitimate chance, not a talk ourselves into delusion chance. But, uh, you know, who knows? If PJ doesn't have things figured out by year 16, you know, we're in real trouble. <laughs> I, 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 too, am looking forward to the head coaching matchup between Davo Sweeney and... Um... I don't know. Is there, is there another Holtz grandson who's got to be a coach by then or something? I'm I'm not sure. But who's who's coaching at Minnesota? I said like one one of the one of Lou Holtz's grandsons or something like that. PJ PJ will be long gone by then. Um, so you know we'll have to go to the well and and I'm sure Coyle will be gone too. So we're due for another crappy AD and a crappy hire by then. So uh, you know we're we're looking positive of course, but we just. We'll, We'll get Clint Brewster. I, I, t- I take an entirely different approach. I feel like P.J. Fleck, now that we know Alabama is coming and he has a reason to stay, uh, will s- stick around, do well enough where he gets to be a statue, an impeccably dressed statue. Like, they're going to have to chisel in that those fine, uh, bespoke, tailored suits into that, into that uh, likeness. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's how it's going to go. That's, that's my prediction. You know, I'm sure we'll remember exactly what these predictions were. Go back into the Wayback machine and listen to this later. Oh, okay. Well, Andy, did volleyball get swept yet against Ohio state? Cause this up down thing is really interesting. Yeah. We, uh, we hit the top of the roller coaster over the weekend and we, we bottomed out yet again. Uh, the Gophers, uh, headed to Michigan. They played number 24, Michigan. Friday night and then went to Michigan State, earned a couple of uh, 3-0 sweeps. Looked like, you know, that's three wins in a row. They got things figured out, and then they had a big top-10 matchup tonight with the Buckeyes coming to the path, and um, they laid another egg, Buckeyes with the 3-0 sweep. Um, this this inconsistency continues for the Gopher volleyball team, and, and it's going to continue all year long because they just can't seem to get it figured out. And I, I didn't see much of the match tonight, so I don't know exactly what the uh, – what the problem was tonight compared to it was before. But, uh, I mean, this is a team that, that could go and make the, the final four if they could string together three or four really good matches in a row, or they could drop their opening match in the NCAA tournament because you just don't know what team's going to show up on a nightly basis. So um, good luck, you McCutcheon. you got about uh, another six weeks to try and get this team figured out by the time the NCAA tournament comes around. At least you're – you know, doing better losing to the sixth-ranked team in the country instead of Northwestern. Um, but it doesn't get much easier. It's an unranked Illinois team that comes in on, to the PAV on Saturday. Uh, but they're they're good. I mean, Illinois' three losses this year have been to all three ranked Big Ten teams in Penn State, Nebraska, and Wisconsin. So um, if the Gophers continue to play like they did tonight, 
Um, it won't be great, but hopefully by the end of the day Saturday, we're celebrating two uh, big Gopher wins over the Illini. You know, looking ahead, uh, sorry, not even really looking ahead, looking backwards, sorry, uh, to this past weekend for hockey, I'd have to say for both teams, this weekend went about as expected. Women took care of business with uh, Bemidji and the men split with uh, Mankato. Was there anything about either performance uh, across the weekend for either team that really surprised you? Um, I guess not really surprising. Uh, Jimmy Snuggerud had his coming out party for the Gopher men hat trick uh, on Friday night, and they had one of the two Gopher goals in the loss on Saturday. Um, you could tell he was fighting at that first opening series against Linwood. He couldn't get couldn't get on the board. Tried, 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 and finally something clicked, and he he figured it out this weekend. Um, he's going to be a, a sniper to watch the rest of the way. Uh, yeah, you know they just had their their typical lack in effort for a little bit against against Minnesota State, and it cost them on uh, Saturday night. You know they they need to be able to play better. Uh, Bob Mosco did come out and say, you know he he he's taking he didn't necessarily play that game like it was an NCAA tournament game. Um, you know he he left freshmen in, in more uncomfortable positions in that game than he would have later in the season uh, just because he wants them to get used to it. So by the time we get to, you know, February and March, they're, they're used to playing in uncomfortable positions and can handle it and things like that, which makes sense. I mean, you're not going to have any, any real pairwise implications for dropping a road game to a team like Mankato. So, um, you know, if you have to sacrifice, sacrifice the win for the greater good later in the year, it makes a lot of sense. So, um, but yeah, they they still are a really really young team. Have some things to work through. Uh, when things are clicking like they did Friday night, it's a it's a really fun team to watch. Uh, when they're not clicking, it, it can be eternally frustrating again. So uh, they've got a big bye weekend this weekend to work out a few more kinks before uh, North Dakota comes to town next weekend. Um, the women got off to their their usual start. They uh, had no problem with Bemidji, six uh, nothing shutout Friday, and then a four uh, one win Saturday. Um, they did the sort of thing where they, I mean, they easily won Friday night, uh, no problem. And then on Saturday, they sort of played down to their opponent. It was 1-1 until the third period, and the Gophers erupted for uh, a trio of goals in the, in the third. Um, but every once in a while, playing down to an opponent like that will get you bit. It did against uh, Minnesota State last year in a game at uh, Ritter Arena. And uh, that same Mavericks team, uh, the Gophers will face in the home-and-home home this weekend. Uh, Friday down in Mankato, Saturday back up in Minneapolis. So uh, the Gophers will have to uh, realize they're, they're facing a tough team. Uh, Minnesota State's 0-4 so far this season, but they lost a pair of one-goal games to the number one team in the country, defending champs in Ohio State. And then they played UMD last weekend, lost once in overtime, and lost 2 nothing. So uh, they've played two of the three best teams in the conference incredibly tight. Um, we'll see if the Gophers can uh, keep that up or if they can maybe win with a little bit more ease this weekend. But it should be a, uh, a pretty entertaining series for anybody that's uh, sticking around town or, or watching on BTN Plus, uh, not headed to uh, Champagne like several of us. <laughs> uh, well, that leads to, my, I think, predictions uh, for the Illinois game. My first prediction is uh, uh, we remain undefeated at tailgating. Um, because that it, come winter, come lose, uh, tasty food on a grill with a cold beer is always a, a winning situation. As for the game, you know, I'm going to go 21-17. Um, obviously, I, I'm not going to say Minnesota can't lose. Illinois could very well win this game. I don't think they do, but they very well could. 
if I'm fully honest, I could honestly see Minnesota breaking it open a little bit if they were if they're humming. Um, but you know they got to get back in that groove before I feel comfortable. So twenty one seventeen is where I go. Uh, Blake, how about you? I alluded earlier that um, I never try never to underestimate Kirk Sharaka after coming off bye week. I think in his time in Minnesota, when he's had a bye week, his offenses have averaged at least thirty points a game. Um, I don't think they'll get that far, but I think that they will have more success than most teams um, against Illinois defense, and they'll break through and spoil Illinois' uh, dream season with a seventeen nine win on Saturday on homecoming. Andy, uh, are you going to be in a good mood at the end of the game? I sure hope so. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm seeing more of the same. It's going to be a it's going to be a close dogfight. Minnesota has the advantage of, of the bye week to scheme a little bit. Um, they got to see just you know how stubborn this Illinois defense and offense could be in, in their game against Iowa last weekend. So I think both the both Rossi and Shiraka should be ready for what the team needs to do. Now we just need our lines to execute. Um, maybe the Gophers have a bit of an advantage in the uh, when it comes to the injury at uh, Illinois a bit banged up. Um, hopefully Minnesota can use that to their favor. Uh, I do think it's going to be close. Um, Rossi puts together the, the bend, but not break and, uh, and Shiraka can find a way to, to break his team free for a couple of touchdowns. So I'll say, uh, 17, 13, the Gophers squeak went out in champagne and, and, uh, in semi-seriousness, it, it becomes a, a two team horse race, uh, for the top of the big 10 West, as long as, uh, Minnesota can take care of business later in the year. Yeah, the Gophers get a win here. We get to have some interesting conversations about uh, the state of the Big Ten race. I'll tell you right now, uh, this, you know, halfway, a little over halfway, depending on which team you're talking about through the season, if, uh, well, regardless of what happens in this game, it's not going to be the, the race that anybody was anticipating. Uh, but that's that's a discussion for next week's podcast. Uh, in the meantime, keep an eye out for all that good Gopher content on the blog. And in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky Yuma, row the boat.